Welcome back to Let's Talk. My name is John, and today here with me is Dennis. And we're going to be doing another top 10 list. And today we're going to be counting down the top 10 films, well, the horror, top 10 horror films of the 1970s. And we're going to be playing by top 10 rules, which means we're going to trade one apiece. And if we have a film that happens to overlap and it's higher on one of our lists, we're going to punt that conversation to the higher point. And we're just going to dive right into this because I feel like me and Dennis are going to have a lot of differences and a lot of arguments. So, Dennis, give me your number 10. We're gonna have a lot of arguments. Oh, we're gonna have. Some oh, we arguments. had one off camera right now that I'm still hot about. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> so my number ten, and this honestly is a film I saw once. I don't love it myself. It's strictly in my top ten, just for like the impact that it had, and that is Eraserhead. Okay. I, I just I, I don't it, it, I don't even know if it made your list, but it didn't. I've watched this movie three times, and all three times I leave the movie going. You know, I can appreciate that because it was a student film. It took David Lynch like four years to make. I love other David Lynch films like Lost Highway, Mulholland mm. Drive, and Fire Walk with me, the Twin Peaks movie. I love Twin Peaks, but Eraserhead, it just doesn't do it for me. Like, the surrealism is cool. Mm -hmm. I love the imagery. Uh, the score, I like that, like, fucking, like, it sounds like a, they're at, like, a steel mill the whole time. Yeah. I like all that stuff, but it just, for the movie itself, I'm just like, ah. I don't get the enjoyment out of it like I would like. There is almost no enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing with this list is, you know, going back into the 70s, you know, not knocking it at all. It's just, I guess my, like, flavor of horror didn't really get hot until the 80s. Me and too. So, for this list, there are some movies on my top 10 that are there strictly because they have become kind of cult classics. And they, and they did have, like, a... Some of these are just impact-based. The impact it had on movies moving forward, uh, they may have made the list, and that's this one for me. I don't think it's really necessarily one of the best of all time. I don't think it's even really necessary for you to go and see. But if you've heard about it and you want to kind of understand the hype around it, I would recommend checking it out. I agree, and I kind of put one of my number 10, too, that was like a movie that uh, I had never seen before, but I wanted to go out of my way. And Roman Polanski directs this, who mm -hmm. also directed Rosemary's Baby from the 60s, mm -hmm. so I couldn't put that on this list. And he directed one of my favorite movies ever, Chinatown. And he directed a little movie called The Tenet. And this came out in 1976. It's uh, about a French person who ends up renting an apartment. In this apartment, the very beginning of this movie, we find out somebody killed themselves in there. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, she didn't die right away. So he goes and actually sees her in the hospital and everything. But he's renting this apartment. And mm -hmm. he, the apartment, like the people, the other tenants in the building, the, the landlord, they're all just pieces of shit. And they're like really like driving him just mad. Okay. Very crazy. And this is going to be a spoiler about the ending because this is what really shocked me. Um, so he ends up like feeling like he's transforming into this girl, the one who actually killed herself. Okay. And then he throws himself out the window. Now, he survives throwing himself out the window. So nobody stops him, by the way. And, oh, like, yeah. you know, like everyone's like crowding around him. He climbs back up to the same window and throws himself out the window again. What? And he survives this, too. But, like, now he's in the hospital. And then I'm not going to spoil the very end of this movie because it has a really cool twist. But I was like, I've never seen that before in a movie. Like, it was violent. Like, they linger on it. And I guess that's what you get Roman Polanski for. But I was like, wow, that is just shocking. And the brutality in this movie, it's very slow, though. Yeah. Like, it's paced very slow. Very okay. 1970s slow. Yeah. But it still tells a pretty good story, a good compelling story. And Roman Polanski knows how to make a movie. So yeah. just like with you with David Lynch and uh, Racerhead, I wanted to put a movie on there that I, you know, I think you should see. But... I don't know if you're going to really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing with a lot of the 70s movies. Again, it's just one of those things where I don't think horror really hit its 
stride yet, I think. Well, I guess horror as I know it, because I'm a big time, more of the slasher genre, you know, the front. Yeah, we're big 80s horror fans. Yeah, so it has, you know, it didn't hit its stride in the 70s quite for me, but I get it. That's an intense thing, and, you know, I could see why. They went for a more realistic approach with that one. So what's your number nine? My number nine is um, a kind of dabble into the slasher genre, which is Black Christmas, 1974. That's a punt. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. All right. So then my number nine is a Wes Craven film, but not The Last House on the Left. (sighs) The Hills Have Eyes from 1977. All right. That is not going to be a punt we can discuss because I almost put it on here, but it, it makes me feel icky. It definitely, I can, don't blame you. (laughs) All of Wes Craven's 70s movies do make you feel disgusted. Yeah. But as a huge Rob Zombie fan, I thought you would like this movie because you can clearly see that this had an effect on Rob Zombie and the the whole Firefly team there that he would have like with his movies like looking dirty and gritty. Like this feels dirty, gritty, like just a bunch of, uh, you know, up in the mountains, rednecks who got fucked over by radiation essentially. And now they're just cold-hearted killers and this movie that's why i like it uh you know i don't love this movie but i really like how dirty it feels and how grimy it feels and how after you watch it you want to like take a shower (laughs) yeah no i could see that i mean honestly this is one that it almost made my list it was between it was kind of in my like 10 11 slot and it easily could take 10 away from a racer head the only reason that i didn't put it on my top 10 is again that like ick factor that it just it really and i'm not knocking it saying it's a bad movie because it is it's a, a phenomenal horror movie i mean wes craven is you know a horror genius he's a god yeah he really is um he's always reinventing himself if you watch wes craven in the 70s 80s and 90s and even in the once you get to the 2000s mm-hmm. every decade feels different like in yeah. movies. it's and, weird <laughs> and like somehow it like he gets better even though he wasn't bad like he doesn't need to get better because he's so good and you almost think like well he can't get any better and then he does yeah and then you're like all right well this is it and he does and he just he's constantly improving and so it's definitely 10 11 for me it's just that some stuff in it, it, it like you said, you want to take a shower after, like a yeah. long, long, I feel like shower. his 70s stuff was like he wanted to shock you. Because once yeah. you get to the 80s with him, it's like, you know, it's a little more mainstream. Like, it's gory, yeah. and you could see, like, that that was the director, but it doesn't, it just feels like a sliver. Yeah. Okay, if that Agreed. makes sense. <laughs> so what's your number nine? Um, <clears throat> I did my number nine already. Oh, yeah, that's right. My Agreed. number eight now, um, and again, this, so I just want all of the fans out there to know this is a personal list. This is not a top 10 of all time. Yeah, it's no, these ranking. are both personal lists because when yeah. we get to Dennis's number one and then he gets really mad at me, just know that it's nothing personal against all of you and Dennis and Shamrock Balls, a.k.a. David, because this is also that will also be his favorite movie, so he'll figure it out now as well. Yeah, um, so just so you know, this, I, this is not a Reddit list of best. This is personal. And a lot of these, some of them, honestly, that make this top 10 are like nostalgia. Yeah. Um, so this, my number eight, although it could be higher of best of all time, is The Exorcist. Yeah, that's a punt. Okay. (laughs) So you're number eight? Uh, The Omen. Uh, That is a punt temporarily. Okay. Because my number seven is The Omen. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Uh, The Omen, uh, I really do like this movie, actually. It is scary. And this was around the time when they were doing a lot of these possession films. But Mm -hmm. the fact that it's basically the devil's son is quite a concept. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And uh, I think that, I feel like there have been a thousand movie remakes of The Omen. Oh my God. And There's also like four of them. And I yeah. really think only The Omen 1 is good, to be honest with you. Even 100%. the remake isn't as good as the original. No. And I think the kid who played uh, Damien in the first one, he plays the, like, I know it's not really, you know, like an in-depth performance.
performance because there's not a ton he does, but it's hard for a kid though. Yeah, but he's got that menacing look, like yeah. the way he just stares off in the distance and the way I, I just always think of the scene like with the lady on the roof. Oh, it's all for you, Damien. Yeah. This was all for you. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. But my favorite kill in this movie is with the glass. Oh, dude. That kill is fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. That, oh. and I'm, and this film, honestly, it seems like, like that. And, the <clears throat> you know, it's all for you. And, and the way the kid is just... He seems harmless, but also has a slight edge of, like, menace to him. I really think that's what makes this the only Omen movie, yeah. to, in my opinion. And it's also the sadness of it. It's in the yeah. sense that, like... He didn't want to tell his wife that their kid was dead, and he's like, I, I'll do anything. Like, mm -hmm. And then they were so desperate for a child. And they're, and you know what? That's really speaking on people who can't get pregnant, and like yeah. things like this happen. So it's got a deep subject matter in there, and then tying it into religion. And in the 70s, religious horror movies, they were just shocking the shit out of people. So it might not be that shocking now, and it is kind of slowly paced as yeah. well. But it's got a great score also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's still a great movie, but, you know, it's my number seven. Uh, my number, number eight. eight and your seven. Yeah. Which will bring us to my seven, which I think was your nine, and that was Black Christmas. Yes. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I actually think it might have been a little low on my list, but I just really do love this movie. I Well, tell us why yeah. you... First of all, not many Christmas horror movies. Yeah, I agree. And this one is a, a slasher, a little bit ahead of its time. This came out just before Halloween, so it's basically about a guy, and they never, and spoiler for this movie, that you never know for sure who did the killings. Mm -hmm. And the way that they look, uh, like the way that they're getting picked off and the voice on the end of the line is just absolutely petrifying. <laughs> Uh, Margot Kidder is in this, who plays Lois Lane in the Superman movies. Mm -hmm. So this is before that, and she's doing a great job in this movie. It's just petrifying, and it looks petrifying. I just been tying it around Christmas, the happiest time of the year. These people are not having a good time. No, they sure aren't. And I think it's one of those, it's almost got like that um, When a Stranger Calls vibe to it. Uh, it's like the killers in the house kind of thing where it's, uh, you know, they're kind of trying to figure out where is he, where is he. You're looking through the rooms, and, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those horror movies where it's one setting. Mm -hmm. But it's done really well to the point where you're, it's like constant suspense. Yes. And I think, like you said, it kind of was ahead of its time. It probably gets swept under the rug a lot because, what was it, literally like a year later, Halloween came out? Yeah. And so, I feel like that kind of stole this movie's thunder. Luckily, it's got kind of a, you know, a cult following now. And we also get John Saxton from uh, mm -hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street in here also, which is awesome to see him pop up in here. You know, he always plays like the same exact character in almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. But uh, yeah, also, I feel like uh, because of the voice on the end, I feel like, have you ever seen My Bloody Valentine? Yeah, dude, I love that. I feel like the end of My Bloody Valentine stole right from this movie. With oh, the white, yeah. Right? With the voice. Yeah. I always feel like they just ripped off of Black Christmas. Not that I don't love My Bloody Valentine. Again, another movie that, you know, not many Valentine's Day horror movies. No, and I think they did a good job with that, too. And I think you're right. This one, it may be the first kind of, like, horror Christmas. Yeah. You know, We've gotten a few rabbit. now lately as the oh, years. Yeah. Like, we got Violent Light last year. A few years ago, we got Krampus. Mm -hmm. But back in the 70s, 70s, 80s, like, I think there was the Silent Night movies, but those are pretty fucking awful. Oh, yeah. Now, you've seen them, right? Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Yeah, they were oh, rough. Oh, my God. But nothing like that. This is actually a good movie. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I do think it just got overshadowed by Halloween a year later. All right. What's your number six? Um, my number six is Alien. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. All right. My number six is The Amityville Horror. 
Uh, we could talk about it. Did not make my list. Wow. Uh, we're from Long Island. Mm -hmm. We don't live very... You live really close to Amityville. So, sure do. Uh, so this movie, based on a true story, but kind of a far-fetched true story. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the real story goes, a guy killed his entire family, uh, his parents, his siblings, and then got arrested and stood trial and was found guilty because he fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> then the next family moved in and they said that the house was haunted and that they were being haunted by this. Now, I've listened to another guy who's also from Long Island, this guy Sean Fantasy, mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm pretty sure they just bought a lemon and <laughs> they just wanted out. So they're like, you know what? Why don't we just say this place is haunted? Yeah. <laughs> and the Warrens came and investigated it, you know, from the Conjuring movies. And But the movie itself, the original one, is pretty good. Now, it's very slow, but some stuff in this movie really does get under your skin. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a ghost story, a haunted house story, and I always love haunted house stories. Like, those are some of my favorite movies. Yeah. I just love the slow building of dread and the inability to escape. Uh, and this one just works for me. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it taking place on Long Island, it's shot so well. Yeah. And it feels like, the couple, last year they had a Vinegar Syndrome 4K come out about it, and it just feels like autumn. And I, I personally really like this movie. No, I agree. I think it's another one that's up there on, you know, it's not in my 10, obviously, but it, it's, you know, like I said about before, um, Last House, or no, uh, Hells Have Eyes and all that. 10, 11, 12, it, it's... It's creeping. It's a good movie. My thing, again, is it's just personal flavor, personal taste. I'm not a big haunted house guy. Um, I know I saw a video you did recently where you were like, I don't really get scared of movies that much. I'm kind of a chicken when it comes to haunted house stuff. And ironically, given that I have The Omen and The Exorcist on here, like demonic possession stuff freaks me out. So like the film has to be dynamite and like the Omen and Exorcist are fantastic. They're terrifying in a good way. This one, like I just, it, it didn't, didn't quite do it for me. It is really good and I definitely recommend it. It just wasn't there yet for me. I understand that. What's your number five? My number five is uh, Carrie. Carrie, okay, well that didn't make my, my top 10. That's wow. like my 11 or, that's my 11 or 12. Uh, so talk about it. All right. I mean, I can understand that because it is a little corny and, you know, I mean, it, it is a 70s film. So it, it's, you know, some of the acting's not great and the effects are, you know, can look odd and stuff. But I just think it's great. I mean, it really is, again, I, it does touch on the religion thing, which the 70s was hot for. They love to bag on religion in the 70s. Oh, my God. Especially since she has an overbearing religious mother. I mean, she's the real antagonist of this movie is yep. her mother because that's why she can't get ahead. And this movie was directed by Brian De Palma who's one of my personal favorite directors, the guy who directed Scarface. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Blowout, but he's no. um, he directed that, the first Mission Impossible movie. Right. So big, so, big name. Big name, Brian. And this is also, I think, the first film appearance of John Travolta. Oh. Who would actually work with him on Blowout. So, All right. So there's a lot of like tie-ins in this movie. Okay. Uh, Sissy Spacek plays Carrie, who I love her. She's always good. Her face sometimes freaks me out. Her regular face. Uh, I don't know why, <laughs> but like for some reason, like I've seen her in Badlands and other movies, and I'm mm -hmm. always like, I always know it's Sissy Spacek, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's not your fault. It's, yeah. it's just your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why she's great for Carrie, because, you know, she's supposed to kind of be like the oddball, you know, she's getting bullied in school and her overbearing mom won't let her do anything and she just wants to be a normal kid and live a normal life. Poor girl, I actually and, do feel bad for her for that. Yeah, yeah. it's you know, and I mean, it does touch upon, you know, the kinetic stuff and, you know, telekinesis and all that kind of stuff too, but at its heart, it's really a story of 
someone just trying to find themselves and just trying to live their life, but not being able to escape. I guess it's really a commentary on like escaping the, the like death grip of religion. Yes. Her mom plays like the church figure and she cannot have a normal life because her mom is like, no, absolutely not. You no. come home. If and you sin, like, you know, you're never going to go to heaven, like all that stuff. Yeah. And then eventually, I mean, she, I mean, her mother eats it. Oh, <laughs> big time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, they all do. <laughs> yeah, no, huge, huge. And I mean, it does give us that iconic the blood scene and yeah. the dance, you know, that. With the duel, I love it. the duel uh, uh, angles. Like yeah. That. I actually love that. That's a Brian DePaul that he stole, I think, from Alfred Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. But, like, I love that. Yeah. Oh. So there's so many iconic things in this film. That's why it is at my six, um, or sorry, my five, because it just, it's an iconic film. It really does hit on all cylinders, in my opinion. And I just think it's it's a good film. It, for, this, for the time, A+. Plus. I agree. So I, your five? My five is actually, it's a horror movie, but it's a comedy as well. Okay. And that's Young Frankenstein. Don't have it on my list. Have you ever seen it? I have not. Okay, well, this was directed by Mel Brooks. It stars Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> he gets really mad if you call him Frankenstein, and he'll correct you. That's Frankenstein. Okay. But it's basically just a, a satire and a spoof of the Universal Monster movies, mainly Frankenstein. Yeah. They actually even filmed on the Frankenstein sets. So it's a, it's a full-blown comedy. You've probably okay. seen the scene where he's dancing with the big Frankenstein monster played by Peter Boyle and yes. they're putting on the Ritz. Yep. That's from this movie. But I just... I, I love this movie. It's hysterical. It's my favorite Mel Brooks movie. Uh, there's a scene where Peter Boyle's playing Frankenstein. He goes to uh, pl a guy played by Gene Hackman, a blind priest, mm -hmm. and he's just like spilling everything on him. He's just getting mad, the guy. No, even though he's just looking for a friend, Frankenstein's like, it's not going to be this guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fear of fire. Like, I, I, I love it. And yeah. Just, so I had to put a comedy on my list, especially because it's just, it's so funny. And uh, <laughs> we're yeah. talking horror. I'm bringing up one of the best horror comedies ever. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So then that brings us to your number quattro. Uh, yeah, my number four, I think actually you said you've never seen this, is The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Yes, I haven't seen this one. So it's pretty dynamite. Um, I mean, you know, it's the 70s, it's a slasher film. You know, it's the whole thing based on a true story and all that stuff. It's a tiny little town. Um, I think it's Texarkana maybe or something, like right on that border. Uh, and there's this guy who's just killing... You know, it's the typical, like, Lover's Lane thing. Okay. You know, they're killing teenagers at Lover's Lane, and they try to figure out who's doing it. And um, it's just one of those classic, like, serial killer films. It's not so much a slasher. So it's a little it's ahead a, of it still. Like, the 70s... Yeah. Like, we really didn't hit the slasher boom, I would say, until, like, 81, 82. Yeah. So it's a little before that. Um, but, it, you know, the serial killer, the main killer, he wears a bag over his head, almost like Jason does. Classic. Yeah. Um, and he's just killing kids at Lover's Lane. And basically, the thing with this one that always creeped me out is it always said based on a true story and they've never found the real killer. That was the thing. You know, like all these other slasher films, like, you know, the guy dies at the end, whatever. But this one's like, nope straight up never knew who did it and he just got away oh that's like that it has one famous scene i don't know if you've ever seen it but he like it's so stupid he like ties one of the kids to a tree and he has a trombone and he puts a knife on the end of it and he like blows in it and does this with the I've trombone i've actually seen that and on, stabs on homages yes yeah. on heart well just like a bunch of where you see a bunch of kills i that's, have to that's from this oh all right so there you go i actually like to see movies where like they actually don't have to kill that's why i like uh black christmas a lot yep. like when you actually don't find out who the killer is and they got away i'm like yeah. you know what that's a ballsy ending and i yeah. they did that a lot in the 70s honestly yeah so that was solid but that brings us to uh your number four my number four is 1979's uh 1978's rather dawn of the dead 
Oh, good one. Didn't did not not on my list. Really? Yeah. So this is my second favorite uh, zombie movie ever, only behind okay. Return of the Living Dead. I okay. love this movie, and the main reason is, first of all, great concept. You had Light of the Living Dead from the '60s, but this time let's put them in a mall. Mm. And, and I just for me, it's the effects. Okay. I love the zombie effects in this movie. Are they stupid and cheesy? Yeah. These are yeah. the zombies that are dumb as hell. Mm -hmm. They move ridiculously slow. They're easy to outsmart. But the problem is, there is so fucking many of them. And you yeah. see them all on screen. There's one where a, a, a blade of a helicopter takes the top off of one of their head. Mm -hmm. And they just keep walking. The effects of this movie is what does it for me. I, I love it. I just love the concept of it. You know, it's actually a pretty long movie, too. And you kind of feel it at points, but... Mm -hmm. Just the zombie effects is what pushes that over the top for me, and it's a very entertaining movie. Great score, uh, yeah. good enough acting, not the greatest, but you know I really enjoy it and I enjoy the setting, so it, it checks a lot of boxes for me personally. So that's why it has to be my number four. No, I get that, and I agree with you. It's a good film, and I think that's the thing about a lot of these lists. And when we get into eighties, nineties, through everything, even the seventies list, there are a lot of films, and it's hard to kind of make a top ten for me, like. All the lists I've made so far in advance, my like top three, four, maybe five are solidified. But from five down... Oh, it's very hard. I, a lot of them are interchangeable and it just kind of comes down to like that personal preference or like what scared me more or what I've seen more times. So Dawn of the Dead, agreed. Fantastic film. I think it's start like that to me. That zombie right there, that's like the pinnacle zombie movie. Yeah, that's like the one that like, I mean, Night of the Living Dead started all, but it yeah. was cemented with Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, so agreed. I think it's a solid choice for your four. Did we do your four yet? Uh, yep, my number three is next. Okay. Um, now, my top three films here, I think, are all fairly obvious and cliche choices. But number three is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I didn't put that on my list. Really? Yeah, so I think we've talked, we did a video about the Texas Chainsaw Massacres in the past. I think so. Where we compared the original and the remake. I prefer the 03 remake. And I just don't love the original movie. I feel like it's, um, you know, very lack of, I get what they were going for. I know you're a big Rob Zombie guy. You mm. probably love that Texas heat feeling. Yeah. You hear the cicadas and you hear the fucking, like, just, that. but the thing is with this movie, there is one shot in this movie that I have to always bring up every time I talk about this movie. When the kid gets thrown out of the wheelchair oh. and they throw 12 edits of him rolling down the hill. Yeah. I'm just like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it's not a perfect film by any means. Um, I picked it. Well, ironically, this, to me, like, you know, we brought up um, The Hills Have Eyes, and we've t touched on Last House on Left and stuff, and I said, like, a lot of it makes me feel dirty. This film does, too, but I think it toes that line, whereas the Wes Craven ones, they, it crossed it, and got to the point where I was like, oh, God. They were, I think he was purposely trying to shock you, while this one is directed by Toby Hooper, who directed mm -hmm. Poltergeist. I feel like he still wanted to make a movie that was, yeah. like... You know, yes, it's going to shock you, but it's like, you still know it's a movie. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I like, I think it's a good film, and obviously it's in my top three. I think it's one people should see if you're into horror, especially slashers, and if you like the Leatherface character. However, um, you don't need to see any of the other ones until the other three remake, because two, three, five, Leatherface, all of it, he gets butchered to an unbelievable, they butcher Leatherface worse than he did any of his characters. So the first one and the 03 remake, Dynamite. Um, uh, my favorite one's actually two. Get out of here. I, I have it right there in 4K. Have you ever seen a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? Yeah. Oh, it's stupid. But that's why I love it. There's All a right. scene in that movie where Dennis Hopper, coked up Dennis Hopper, yep. he's in a store, a chainsaw store, oh. and he's there. He's like holding the chainsaw, testing out which one he wants. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's what... 
Yeah, sometimes a bad movie. Yeah. When they go for it. Yeah. I like, kind of like it. <laughs> if that makes fair. sense. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> but like, so yeah, it, it is like night and day between the original and and two. But yeah. and I'll admit, just because it's just my enjoyment factor of the yeah. original. It's nothing to do with the movie. I appreciate the movie, and yeah. I enjoy Rob Zombie's movies. And you can just tell he absolutely loves it. I also really love the voiceover in the beginning of this movie, and mm-hmm. they bring that guy back for a bunch of other ones. Yeah. All that stuff works awesome. Yeah, and I think also this was one of the first ones as a kid where it was like, you know, this based on a true story kind of thing. Yeah. Which always gives it an edge to me. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not true. Yeah. Because it's based on Ed Gain. Yeah. But Ed Gain got caught because he wanted to get caught. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard the story about Ed Gain. He yeah. called the cops himself. <laughs> you know, like, and he also didn't use a chainsaw. No. Like, none of that stuff. And he was a model prisoner. Oh, that's always good, right? Yeah, good guy. He liked to, you know... You, you well, he said it himself. Streets. He's like, if he's out in the streets, he can't control himself. Oh. Why is he so self-aware? He knew. He knew. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you put me out there, people are going to die. Yeah. Might as well keep me in here and go to cleaning floors. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? I was clear to cleaning blood, so I'm taking my skills into a more positive avenue. (laughs) Put that on his resume. (laughs) So my number three, you had this a little bit lower, and you actually said you saw this for the first time for this list, and that's The Exorcist. Yes, so I did, actually. I never saw it because, again, I'm not a big demon guy. That stuff scares me see i'm not religious so this stuff doesn't scare me at all i I mean my thing is that like i'm not even necessarily super religious but it's one of those things where it's like there's no evidence it's fake there's no evidence it's real that's true that it does float that line yes (laughs) that's what freaks me out so i did watch it first time ever for this and did you enjoy it well obviously you enjoyed it enough yeah i mean i understand the hype i get it it was scary i think it was really well done and yeah, I, I think it's a solid film. I definitely understand why it's up. You know, you're number three. Um, it was low on mine just because I probably won't go back to it that much. But I respect it, so... You know what scares me most about this movie? It's not even the exorcism scenes. The medical scenes scare me. Like, when she gets the yeah. thing in her throat and the blood spurts out, that's the only time I'll ever cringe in the movie. That's like, true. Her fucking herself with the cross yeah. does nothing for me. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. Like, but I just don't understand, like, like the like. I guess that's how technology was in the 70s, and if you're going to be scanning someone's brain, yeah. the stuff itself looks a lot scarier than, like, her getting possessed. Uh, all that stuff is great. All the makeup effects, like how they they were on a cold set and they oh, wanted yeah. to make sure you see all the breath. How they aged up Max von Sydow because he's not that old, even mm-hmm. though like in the movie that he plays this old man priest. Yeah, he's like only in, like his early forties then, but they oh, aged shit. him up so well, and because yeah. he only died like three years ago, actually. Oh wow! And he looks like he's close to death in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean the effects are great. I think the one thing that really stands out in this film, like you said, is the overall like setting with the cold rooms and the fog and like everything was just set beautifully the lighting and i mean you talked about it um i think when you're talking about the review of it the like that one shot at nighttime with the street light and the oh, fog oh off my God, the, the silhouette onto max Von. And all it the setting that they did the cinematography in it that makes it stand out. Everything mm. was beautifully shot. Yes, and the yeah, obviously the Exorcist theme is a classic. Oh yeah, yeah. So even if you never saw the movie, you've heard the theme. So that's why I got to put it in my number three because it's an absolute classic. So I think we yeah. probably actually might have the same number two. All right, so give me your number two then. My number two is the all-time great Hall- 1978 classic. Halloween. Yep, that's my number two as well. Beautiful. We lined. This is the first time I think we actually lined up a number. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, um, I'll, you know what? Your channel, take the lead, my friend. All right. Well, this one's directed by the legendary horror director, John Carpenter, starring in her first role, Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. 
being hunted down by the sheep himself, Michael Myers, and this film played by Nick Castle, who would be a director himself. I mean, this is the one that really kind of took the slasher genre to the next step. Getting the name Halloween, you know it's a classic. You know it's going to be one of those movies that's going to tie into the holiday you have to watch each and every year. Although not my favorite film in the franchise, that still goes to Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. <laughs> but this one is a close second. <laughs> <laughs> but why do you love this movie? Well, first of all, you better edit that out. I will not edit that out. That's just blatant disrespect to the franchise. <laughs> but um, I just, this movie, I mean, there's nothing we can say that hasn't been already said about it. I mean, for starters, right out of the gate, the score. The score is incredible. And John Carpenter did the score himself. And it's a classic. Everyone knows it. You hit the first two notes on the mm -hmm. on any piano, everyone's going to know, oh, that's Halloween. Yeah. It is fantastic. The movie itself, I think, it's funny when you look back at these older slasher films, they didn't get a great budget and they kind of made do with what they had. And some of these movies that came out, this is one of them that's just, it. it's better that they did. Yes. The things they pulled off because of the budget and the limitations they had made this so much better. The story is fantastic. Michael himself is scary because he, you know, he's the shape. He's emotionless. I, it helps that you can't see his eyes. You can't see his face. You don't see any expression. You never hear him. Nothing. I just, it's one of the only films that to me, you can put in theaters today and people wouldn't look at it and be like, well, this effect is bad and that part's bad and the acting is terrible. I think this one from top to bottom just hits everything yeah it is it, in my opinion it's a perfect horror movie yep. i don't have anything negative to say about it i have one little flaw and that is laurie's friends are not the greatest of actors yeah i mean i guess but to me i always overlook that because we touched base on it a couple videos it's a slasher film. You gotta have that. And I've actually yeah. seen one of the actresses in an interview talking about like her lines. Yeah. And she's like, that's how it was written. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what was I supposed to? Because I always make fun of the one girl that's like, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I get it though. That's how it's written on the page. Yeah. Really nothing more you can. And you're right. They're really there to get killed off. But yeah. they do. They end up, you gotta kill some people off. And this film, surprisingly, not gory. Yeah. yeah, there is almost no gore. That was intentional. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to have it be a gory film. They wanted it to be scary. They wanted, you know, it was originally supposed to be like the uh, Babysitter Killers, I think was the original name okay. of this movie. Yeah. So that was the whole thing was to make you be afraid of babysitting kids and now you're getting picked off one by one. Yeah. Started the trope like, where are all the parents? Like, how's nobody around this yeah. night? Like, Lori's running in the middle of the street and not one person is like, that's weird. Yeah. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> uh, must be a common occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. Haddonfield, Illinois. Terrible, terrible neighborhood to grow up in. Women screaming in the middle of the road every night. Yep. <laughs> yeah, horrible. But I I think that, and we disagree on this because I also like the Rob Zombie remakes of this because yes, it dives do. more into Michael. And I know you don't like that because this film doesn't really touch on that. He's just evil. A, I evil buy into the, doc, to the Dr. Loomis effect of Donald Pleasance in this movie. Like, he's just pure evil yeah <laughs> and i think that helps it i think it does and i think what hurts it is that they made eleven thousand movies afterwards but there's four timelines to this yeah. halloween it movies just, it, they butcher it but this first film the very first halloween i'm pretty sure that i bought it when it came out on dvd or when i when i you know started collecting i got the dvd i got the blu-ray i got a 4k and then i went out and got the fancy 4ks with the really nice covers on it so i have four copies of it because i just this film is awesome. I it's just 
it to me is like the Halloween. I used to be the guy growing up who was like, oh, Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th is my franchise. That's what I love the most. I was like that too as a kid. I always yeah. thought the Friday the 13th. I still hold true that the Friday the 13th franchise though, other than the screams, mm. are the most consistently good. Yeah. Because there are a lot of peaks and valleys in the Halloween franchise. Yeah. I think <laughs> if you look straight up at the first... Yes. If you just put the original, 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 Halloween, is that to me, is the one. I agree. And I, I'm a big fan of A Nightmare on Elm Street, but mm -hmm. I still think Halloween is a better film. It's just a I, great film. Yeah? Yeah. You know, no, it agree. overshadows the horror genre by being just a genuinely good well-made movie yeah and speaking of good genuinely well-made movies tell them you're number one because yeah. this is one of the best movies ever made yeah mm -hmm. and again it comes back to what i had kind of said about you know how the limitations to a film helped it uh and my number one movie not only in the 70s but potentially of all time is jaws yeah i knew you were gonna pick this so this didn't yeah. make my top 10 and there's numerous videos on this channel including one with you yeah. where we have discussed why i don't love jaws but i can appreciate jaws if that makes sense yeah, you're a monster, um, <laughs> because I don't understand. I feel like you ask 99% of... And it's almost to the point where, like, I don't want to come across as, like, that pretentious guy who's like, oh, Jaws is the best, you know? Because, like, I know there are people out there who, like, will dunk on you if you don't think it's the greatest. I get it. It's not for everyone, because, you know, it's a shark movie and, like, whatever. Just Well, that's the whole thing that takes me out of it, is, like, yeah. I'm just not afraid of sharks, and I don't really care for the sharks, but... I come back to this movie, and I will rewatch this every year, and yeah. I know you love it, yeah. is I come back here for the acting. I yeah. love the acting and I love the filmmaking aspects of this movie. And that's what I think makes it like the top-notch film is that it's not just a horror movie. It's not just blood and guts. And again, I think it's that limitation that the shark wasn't working. There's all the stories about it, so we don't need to dive in. But the shark didn't work the way they thought. So they had to improvise with the camera shots of half in the water, half out, or under the water. And really just like leave it to your imagination, which is what I think a lot of current, like, present-day films don't do. I always, I'll always go to bat for ambiguous, leaving yeah. up, because your mind is always going to create something more scarier than what you see on the screen. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, is like, well, yeah, the shark looks fine. I mean, you know, it doesn't look great, but it looks fine for what they had at the time. I think that when you don't show it, everyone's gonna have a different image of what this looks like. So to me, it might look like an exact gray white shark. To you, it might look like a prehistoric beast. To someone else, it might have five heads. When you don't see the monster, you just build up the terror that it brings. Every single person who watches the film is gonna have a different thought in their mind of what this thing looks like. And that's what this capitalized on. On top of that, the performances by the three main characters oh, are yeah. fantastic. Oh yeah, all three of them are amazing. They're the best part of this movie. I, I don't think the movie works without the three of them. But even the mayor, like that guy who's acting, does a good enough job. Mm -hmm. Putting the camera on like that little moving dock thing, like mm -hmm. and just having it sit there and like having like all that stuff is what keeps me coming back. It's just that it's just not my movie and I can't put it in the top 10 and be honest. Yeah, and that's fine. And like I said, I get it because, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at it, it's like, all right, there's a shark in the water. There's tons of them. Just don't go swimming. It's by far the best shark movie. Like I just don't watch shark movies. So like, if yeah. I'm, so this is probably the only one I even put on just because it's a good movie. I mean, yeah. Steven Spielberg, and I love Steven Spielberg. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It had a lot going for it. Steven Spielberg, phenomenal, obviously one of the all-time great directors. It had, the cast was stacked out of its mind. The performances were great. Uh, you know, everything about it just hit at the right time, lined up perfectly to make a good film, and that's why I think it's the best. I mean, listen, again, this isn't the 
end all be all top 10 list because there are some times where if the mood, you know, like right now it's spooky season, Halloween could be my number one. Yeah, because, because Jaws is 100% a summer horror film. It feels yeah. like summer. They captured the summer feel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but now the leaves are changing, people are decorating, you know, you get the jack-o'-lanterns out and now it's like on a nice, cold, rainy October night. This weather right now that we're looking at outside this window, yeah, perfect Halloween movie because they, yeah. it's a cloudy, overcasty day in Halloween. Yep, and that's what it is today. So that's what I mean. It This is not a, you know, definitive top 10. I think Jaws is one of the best of all time, but right now, tis the season. Halloween could easily surpass it. Yep, and my number one was lower on your list and actually has been referred to as Jaws in Space, and that is Alien. Okay. I love Alien. I think it's better than Aliens, and it's basically just a slasher film. People don't even realize it because they think of it more of a sci-fi film, but mm -hmm. it's a sci-fi horror film. Yeah. It's just them in space with one alien hunting them down one by one. Yeah. And the, what does it for me, Ridley Scott directed this, is the set design. Mm -hmm. It feels like a raggedy, run-down ship with a bunch of employees who are working for a business that they don't even love working for. Mm -hmm. Like, all the technology is, like, slightly in the future, but it's all dirty. Like, everything looks, like, so worn out. And I just, I, I love that aspect. Like, you know, in a futuristic movie, they always make everything look pristine and yeah. clean. But not in this movie. They're really just out there to do a job, and the worst thing that could possibly happen to them happens. You yeah. know, and they if they would have followed protocol, it wouldn't have happened. And all that stuff, I mean, the chest-bursting scene... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will give you that. Alien, I mean, it's on my list too. It's a fantastic film. Um, I, I really, so much of it, I mean, it's another one of those films that I think the practical effects. Yes. The, that's what does it. The alien itself, is it called like Xenomorph, right? That's yeah, what it's, it's a called. Xenomorph. The effects on the xenomorph, the drool coming out of its mouth, the moisture on it, like oh, everything. And then you knowing that that's great. acid too, and it's yeah. leaking through, and then and the little mouth that comes out of it looks great. Like none of it really looks fake. Like you obviously look and you're like, oh, it's an alien movie, whatever. But you don't look at it and go, oh, you can see it's a puppet, or you can see it looks so great. The well, like you were pop. talking about in Jaws, it's like they do enough of hiding it to like not fully expose it because yeah. that gives away the effect. Like, yep. Keep it in the shadows. Keep yeah. it in the dark. Now, the worst part about this movie is the uh, 12 year old girl's underwear they put on Sigourney Weaver at the end. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, you can't, you know, you, sometimes you swing and you miss. Sometimes it comes down to... I feel like Ridley Scott wanted to see something and he's like, well, this is the costume that they gave us. So. Yeah, you know, this was the budget. I don't know what to tell I you. I just don't know if that's comfortable. Like, half your ass is hanging out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. That's a, a, a tiny little slash against it. Yeah. But ultimately, I agree with it being your number one because it's one of those that just it, you know you never watch it and go eh, all right i don't need to see it yeah it, it's always entertaining it holds up phenomenal to today and I, I think it's a solid number one i agree thank you so much yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> your number one was good too thank you in thank its own you. way yeah, yeah. <laughs> disrespect <laughs> but anyway guys we'll be back actually pretty soon this is going to be a long running series all the way through the 2020s so we're only up to the 1970s so make sure you hit that like button and subscribe to the channel so you can stay tuned for all of these lists and any other reviews we do here on the channel thank you guys all so much for being here and if you want to keep supporting the channel don't forget to hit that like button hit that subscribe button get out in those streets hopefully not a serial killer out there named michael myers hunting you down <laughs> but if you see him let him know to watch let's talk entertainment and media and we'll be seeing you around <laughs> <laughs>